Sunday, we call these Sundays, where we kind of take a step back to look at our church and the purpose of the church. The author of Hebrews writes this, instructs us in this as the church. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another uh, another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. I always read it like that. Maybe it's not intended to be like that, but anyways. But encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. That day is referring to Christ's return. In Canada, did you know that the church in Canada is shrinking? Both in number and in per capita representation. Due to a number of factors, the largest one being a growth and increase in secularism, life without faith in God. Also due to a low birth rate amongst Christians. Thanks, Brody and Florence, for (laughs) reversing that trend. I'm always telling Parksiders, get on that. Get that that nursery full of babies, all right? Uh, So due to a a shrinking birth rate amongst um, Christians... And then as well, the majority of immigrants coming into Canada are often adherents of other faiths other than the Christian faith. Uh, About 33 years ago in 1991, statistics said that about 12.5% of Canadians had no religious affiliation. 20 years after that, in 2011, Statistics Canada revealed that 23.9% of Canadians, a doubling of that in 20 years, had no religious affiliation. And then just a couple years ago, three years ago in 2021, it revealed another increase. 32% of Canadians have zero religious affiliation. A third of Canada. In the last 30 years, we've gone from 12% of Canadians to 32% of Canadians. Not a good trend. And I'm not just saying this as an evangelical Christian. I'm saying this simply as a Canadian. Because study after study reveals the benefits of not just being religious, but of being a Christian. And how even more so, evangelical Christians in particular, as a subset of the population, are miles ahead in almost every positive category of contribution to the welfare of a nation. The benefits of attending church and practicing the values of Christianity, even from just a secular perspective are staggering. The, the, the reality that the church in Canada is shrinking is a sign that ha- Canada is heading towards a significant health crisis, a social crisis. Study after study shows that evangelical Christians are happier, live longer, give more, volunteer more, have better mental health, are less lonely, struggle with less addictions, and rely less on social assistance. And even though most, most atheists that are conducting these studies, they desperately, you dig into these studies, they desperately want to attribute this just to the community, the relational, that you have a, a, some people that are yours kind of a thing. They want to always attribute it to that. But then they compare that in terms of the religious aspect and the secular aspect of community. And in all other studies, they cannot deny the deeper data that it is more than just a social connection that reaps these increases and these benefits. 
It's the immaterial nature of their faith activated in their life that is the difference or is the driver. You know, just coming up in a few weeks on January 25th, we'll have the infamous Bell Let's Talk Day. And we'll be inundated with um, ads from Bell uh, about how it's good to talk and, uh, with others about our mental health and, and seek help. And, and yes, absolutely, that is a good message. But can you imagine if Bell put out an ad that said, go to church? You are, statistically speaking, scientifically speaking, 20, uh, 22% less likely to suffer from clinical depression. After accommodating for all of the other little socioeconomic factors of income and ethnicity and all those kinds of things, you are 22% less likely to suffer from clinical depression. Or can you imagine a bell ad that said, go to church, you are less likely to attempt suicide. Can you imagine if our mayor or our MLAs or our MPs put out on their social media feeds something like, have you considered joining a church this year? Did you know that you'll become a more charitable uh, and more volunteer, uh, a greater volunteer in our city as a result? Can you imagine if our federal or provincial housing minister uh, you know, had a saying or, or came out to the podium one day for their, their press, uh, press um, briefing and said, one of the ways that we are wanting to reduce the demand for more housing in Canada is we need more Canadians to become Christians and to live out Christian values and practices because the family unit will be stronger as a result and there'll be less division in relationships and less division in marriages. And as a result, we won't need as many homes in Canada because more families are sticking together than dividing. Can you imagine them saying that? But the old, the old Canada's own data, own science actually says that. Did you know that for every dollar given to the local church, there is a socioeconomic return on that one dollar of three to five dollars rendered in society? Scientists have studied it in Canada and they call it the halo effect. The halo effect of the local church. Because like no other organization, the church provides so much social return for every dollar given. Churches provide a subsidized building for community groups to meet, daycares to operate. It attracts out-of-town visitors for, through funerals, weddings, and other events. It provides a loving community for lonely people, instills charitable values in our youth, and reduces the trouble they can get into. It improves mental health, reduces the demand on health care and social programs, reduces the need for policing costs and prison expenses, helps refugees and immigrants settle better into the country, offers professional, lay, pastoral, and peer counseling, reduces addiction and homelessness, starts and sustains social outreaches like food banks, shelters, orphanages, hospitals, even builds and gives out wheelchairs in Uganda like our team is going to be doing this August, Among, amongst countless other ventures and outreaches. On a purely secular level, you can follow the science and see the benefit and the value of the church in Canada in the quality of the people the church produces and the services it renders or gives and provides for society. 
Why is that? We sang about that reason today. It's because of Jesus. His teaching, his example, and his presence and power in and through his church, transforming, changing lives from who we once were to who we are to who we will be in the future. I think of my own family. My, both my grandfathers were not very contributing to society in their 20s. They were drunks going nowhere in life, coming out of dysfunctional, abusive homes, and then they found Jesus, or Jesus found them. And guess what? Everything changed. And now from two men with two different families, you have generation after generation reversing the curse of sin and death. And it's incredible. It is Christ's presence and power in the here and now to continue to heal us, correct us, challenge us, call us out, compel us. Now, we're not made whole and perfect overnight, and not even if you get 80 or 90 years. It is a journey that he calls us into. And he knew that we would struggle and fail even more on our own. And he knew that his salvation is not just meant to be an individualistic experience. It's just me and God. It's more than that. There is a community dynamic that is required. It is essential to what he wants to do in us and through us as individuals and as a collective. His community, his people, it's called the church. And what matters so much more than all of the social benefits of the church to society is what is at the heart of the church, the heart of the gospel, that Jesus is in fact Lord and Savior, saving us from the heart of the problem, the heart of our problem, sin and death, Godless living and all of its negative fruit and, and what it, how it keeps us from God and destroys community is what happens when we give up on God. Sometimes I'll get comments like this from atheists in our city. They'll, they'll, I'll run into them in the street or at a, at a community meeting or whatever. And they'll, they, I, I've, this has happened uh, a number of times, probably at least about a dozen times. And it is not always this exact same verbiage, but this is kind of what they say. They often come up to me and they say, oh, you're from Parkside. And they say, what is in the water at Parkside? <laughs> Everyone there is so kind or so nice. Or they'll say this, or, you know, if I didn't have to believe in the God thing, <laughs> I could see myself becoming a part of Parkside. <laughs> I often receive comments from our secular politicians and community leaders and when translated into black and white it sounds like this if only you guys could do what you do but drop all of the jesus and the praying to him and the talking about sin and morality stuff if you could drop that part of it all that religious stuff we could really get behind what you're doing i hear that time and time again and what they don't want to grasp, they can grasp it, they choose not to, is, is, the, is the reality that's always, that stares every, every human right in the heart, gets us right, cuts right to the core, is that if it weren't for Jesus, we wouldn't exist as a community. Can you imagine what this room would look like if it weren't for Jesus? 
We wouldn't get up on a Sunday, cold Sunday morning. Are you kidding me? And drag ourselves to this, to this room and gather here every Sunday to open our lives up to, to, to a different authority than ourselves, to God's word, and to one another to actually open our lives up in an accountable, transparent, vulnerable way to one Are you kidding me? We wouldn't humble ourselves and yield to his moral code of conduct. No, we would do what feels right to us. We would harbor bitterness, rage, unforgiveness. We'd spend every dollar we earn on ourselves. We'd live for our own pleasure and gain. We'd think about volunteering, but would we really do it? Non-religious people have already answered that question, statistically speaking, in Canada. And 2,000 years of history answers the question that when Jesus moves into one's heart, he changes us for the better. We become a people who do not fear death. We become a people who can sacrifice their lives today out of love for one another and knowledge that our treasure, our true treasure, is in heaven. That there is a reward waiting for everything you lay down and give up because of Christ, he will turn it for good. He will bring life from it. Of course, every Christian screws up. (laughs) No Christian is perfect. In fact, statistically speaking, 100% of the people in this room are hypocrites, (laughs) including me. There's always a certain distance between the songs and the, the, the words that we sing on the screen and on a Sunday morning and how we live our lives Monday through Saturday, isn't there? There's a disconnect or a distance there. We don't live with 100% integrity to what we profess or what we declare or proclaim or promise in our songs of praise. But we have humbly seen in Christ a transforming grace and invitation to be forgiven, to get back up and to live our lives out of gratitude for who he is and what he has done, out of delight in his grace and his goodness and his future call to us. And we don't live out of fear or of obligation or, coer- or coercion or legalism. We live in response and in gratitude to who Jesus is and what he's done for our lives. And it's a difference maker. Statistically speaking in Canada, oh my, does it make a difference. We gather together on Sundays and in different programs throughout the week and we spur one another on to love and good works, as the the writer in Hebrews says. To be better, to do better, to persevere to seek God for his wisdom and his way and his power in our lives and in our world. And God even speaks through his church, through us to one another with prayers of encouragement and words of faith and sometimes prayers that are only answered when we actually open up to one another. And, you know, we might have been praying for uh, a few days, a few months, even a few years, and God doesn't seem to answer that prayer. Then all of a sudden you, you bring it to some fellow brothers and sisters in the faith, and you pray together, and all of a sudden something happens. There are some prayers. I don't understand it, but there are some prayers that are only answered when we gather together to pray. 
we, Parkside Church, all of us, we exist to continue the ministry of Jesus into our homes, into our city, into our church, and into our world. And it is an ongoing, ever-learning, ever-growing dynamic of receiving from those that have gone before us what they have seen and heard and done, where they've done well, where they've done poorly. We receive it all and we learn and we grow, continuing on the ministry of Jesus from those that preceded us, being taught and trained, and then going into our world, into our homes, and into you know, kids' classrooms up in the youth center or whatever, and bringing Jesus to our world. If only you would know him like I know him. And it is often messy. We are all works in progress, learning by trial and error how to love God and how to love our neighbor. But I can tell you, I love this church. I love how this church is a bright light in our city. I love how we're growing and going despite all of our imperfections and our flaws and our limitations. It is Christ in us, the hope of glory. We read in Colossians. The world needs the church. Canada needs the church. Mission and Abbotsford need the church. Can you see the joy, the urgency, the passion and the wisdom behind the, the writer of Hebrews' plea? Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. You know, the last couple of weeks, I've encouraged us as Parksiders to be a people who daily get into God's word. If you're here for free gift Sunday. And I shared that scientifically speaking, if you meet with God in his word and scripture in the Bible, four or more days a week, statistically, scientifically, you will change. You'll change your behavior. You'll change how you think and how you act. I've encouraged us to be a people last Sunday, a people who daily seek the Lord with prayer and with fasting. I don't even have time today to get into all the natural benefits of prayer and fasting that are scientifically backed up, let alone to get into the eternal, more important implications and spiritual implications and benefits of prayer and fasting. Today, I'm encouraging us to be a people who do not neglect the gathering of the church, the giving of our heart to the church through our time, through our money, through our effort, to the work and the people of the mission of the church. So get here each week. Seriously, drag your butt out of bed and get here each week. It is good for you, and it's good for our world. Drag a friend here every week. It's good for them. It's good for our world. Sign up to grow somewhere, whether it's Bible 101 or Celebrate Recovery or go to a Man and His Miracle tomorrow night. Sign up. Show up to grow in your faith. Take responsibility for your place and your faith in this church. Volunteer and serve somewhere in this church. 
give and support the work and the expansion of the church. Did you know that if we all practice the principle of giving our first fruits, the average household gift of a Parksider would go from being $300 a month to $700 a month based on the median income of missionites. Incredible. But more than any of those three actions, please drop the wall of individuality and isolation and build a deep love for the church. Invest yourself emotionally, spiritually, mentally, relationally in the life and the community of this church. And I can guarantee you that sometimes we will hurt you. Sometimes it will be boring. Sometimes we'll sing off-key. Sometimes we'll really irritate you. And you won't like being associated with us because we have some weird immaturity or some weird belief that we have are currently blind to, all right? And yes, sometimes I will pray too long or preach too long, okay, every time. But church is God's idea. And I'll let you know, we haven't even come close to perfecting it. So you'll fit right in. Won't you be a part of our improvement? Won't you be a part of our development, our trial and error, our our wins and our losses? Won't you roll up your sleeves and join us in the work of following the light of Jesus into this dark world? Taking on difficult people. Sacrificing self so that we can give and invest here and in others. Turning off the TV some nights and heading out to that prayer meeting or to that Bible study or hurting those unruly preteens. Taking personal steps of faith and obeying Jesus. Will you do that? Will you roll up your sleeves into that end? You will be changed. If you do that, you will be changed by Christ. In this place, living and moving through his people. We are the church. And while the church in Canada is shrinking, we are not. We are an outlier, an exception to the trend, an anomaly in the data. And by the grace of God, we have a mission and a path to see increased growth in the coming days and years by the grace of God. And as we labor in the work that he calls us to as his church, he labors in us to complete his good work, you and me. Today is, as I mentioned, Vision Sunday. And today's purpose, my goal is for you, for all of us, to simply see the need for the church in our world today and to see our part in it all. Being made into disciples of Jesus and then making others into disciples of Jesus. Are you showing up? Are you opening up? Are you putting in the work? Are you giving and serving? Are you seeking God and obeying his call and his direction and footsteps for your life? 
Are you the church? Are you Parkside? You need us, and we need you. You're not here by mistake. I want to invite you to open up your life to God and to his church today and this year. Let's pray. Music team can come up. Heavenly Father, we're here today as your church. (laughs) And uh, when you look at the church, I know that you love this church. You died for this church. You went all in for this church. And Lord, I know when you look at this church, you see what we do well and you see what we do poorly, just as we often see what we're doing well and what we're doing poorly. Lord, I pray that each of us would, from whatever seat we are um, in right now, from whatever perspective or station or status we have in life and in this church, I pray that each of us would take not only personal responsibility for our own faith and growth and our walk with you, but Lord, we would take personal responsibility for our place in this body as a member or a part of this body, of this family, Lord, and we would rise to the call that you have on each member of your body, each member of your church to be a light and to be salt and to pursue holiness and to grow in maturity and in perseverance and in character and in hope and to see the needs of our brothers and our sisters and the lost and the dying around us and to rise to that call and to meet it, to be the light of the world because, Lord, you are the light of the world And you live in your church. You live in us. We read in your word, Christ in us, the hope of glory. And Lord, I pray that your light would shine brightly through us personally and collectively this year. That 2024 would be a year of the church. A year of Christ being glorified in and through your church, Lord. That can only happen to the degree that each individual, each part of the body opens up their lives to you and to one another, Lord, and to our place in this, in this body. Heavenly Father, we invite you today, here and now, by your Spirit, to speak to our mind and our hearts, enabling and empower us to see and to hear you afresh and anew, that we might know the way that we are to go and respond accordingly. Help us today, help us this week as we continue on with our prayers and our fasting and our meeting you in your word this week for you to reveal to us how we are to live, who we are to be, what you are calling us to, Lord. We look to you, for you are the author and the perfecter of our faith and of this church. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Let's stand. We're going to close in a song. If you'd like.